There has never been a better time than now to come join the Belicio Foods team. Belicio has a new contract in place with plenty of awesome perks for their employees. From increased wages, access to the free health clinic, vacation after six months, and much more, Belicio Foods is committed to putting their employees first. For more information or to apply, visit BelicioFoods.com slash careers. Take advantage of these great new employee benefits and join the Belicio team today. Visit BelicioFoods.com slash careers to learn more. Thursday, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the morning show right here on Main Street TV. And of course, it's Thursday. And what does that mean? Well, that means our bestie, Pete Wilson, is here. Oh, boy, you are so kind. <laughs> With the morning news update. And of course, that's brought to you by Nia Henry, agent for Appalachia Realty. If you are looking to buy or sell or have any real estate needs whatsoever, please give Nia a call, 740-418-4135, and she'll work hard for you. And Pete Wilson's always working hard as well with new stuff. Okay, we're kind of all over the map. We got good stuff, we got bad stuff, we got uh, got some hard news, got some soft news, uh, got even dogs in the news. Yeah. So, so how about that? Yeah. All right. Well, we're, we'll start with one of the things we have to talk about, and you know what that is? The Rona. The, it, it ends with a nineteen. Are, are yeah. we gonna Are we gonna talk about the Rona? We're gonna talk about the Rona because dang it, it's Pete. it's still there. It's, ah. it's still there. All right. It, uh, the latest stats that came out of on Tuesday, I think, with both the Benton County Health Department and the Jackson County Health Department shows that it's static. I don't know whether that's good or not. I think it's not good because there are still lots of cases. All right, but at least we're not on the increase right now. Correct. Uh, overall. But we're not, you know, plummeting either. Uh, here were the latest numbers from the Jackson County Health Department. These were released indeed on Tuesday. And there you see the infographic up there that the health department usually puts up, uh, you know, as a public service to kind of let you know what the latest statistics are. And uh, you see that there are 169 active cases uh, that occurred in the one week period uh, from October uh, 4 through October 10. Uh, there was one more uh, virus-related death, and there are now 22 active hospitalizations. So, uh, you know, that mm. seems like a lot to me. Does. If you're looking over the long term, we've now had 4,388 cases uh, in Jackson County. And, you know, you got a population of about 32 right there. So, you know, mm. you can do the math. We're about 16%. I was going to that's a lot. Of, I think so, yeah. Man. And, and there may be some people, there are, I'm sure, who have been double dippers I, on the COVID. I mean, listen, I'll, I know people that have not gone and officially gotten diagnosed because, you know, oh, my wife or my husband had it, so why bother? Like, mm. I know I had it too kind of thing. Right. And, you know, I brought this up before. And once again, I can't back this up statistically. I'm not a health person or a doctor or anything, not a statistician. But you have to believe that there are undiagnosed cases. Absolutely. Plenty of those that, you know, should be part of those Tons. numbers. But can't be. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, we look at the big figure overall. That's a big percentage, Pete. I, I think so. We've had a total of uh, 68 deaths now, uh, COVID-related deaths. We've had 16 in the last two months. Uh, however, there were four last week, only one uh, this past week in the, in, the, in the updated report. Over time, and this goes back to when, uh, you know, the first cases were reported, and that's been um, about uh, 
that's been a year and nine months ago, something like that, because our first case was... Yeah, we're going on two years Our, our, our first case was, there was April 7, I think, 2020. We've had 294 hospitalizations, 294. We've also had a number, uh, we've had 68 deaths. So, you know, I think it's kind of uh, indicative to look, illustrative to look at those two numbers together, because you figure if, if you have a COVID-related death, you probably had a COVID-related hospitalizations. So of all the folks that have gone into the hospital because of COVID, mm -hmm. you're talking about more than one-fourth of them do not survive. So That's terrifying. It, so, yeah, you know, if you're, if you're sick enough to go into the hospital, you just don't know. I know there are some people that end up there and, you know, it's just kind of a, a, a phase you have to go through and you get treatment and all. But still, still a little scary when you, when you compare those numbers. Now, looking at last week's numbers... Uh, or this most current report with the last report, uh, the um, the cases are down just a little bit in Jackson County. The hospitalizations are up, and the deaths, as I said before, down from four to one. So that's that's good. One stat I noticed, Pete, is that the median age is going down. It right. was around mm -hmm. the median age, my age, <laughs> the median, but now it is going down. Well, the median, and that was a trend when the. If we want to call it the Delta variant stage mm -hmm. when we kind of had a comeback when we don't know the breakdown between Delta variant and the old COVID or right. whatever you want to call it, but definitely affecting younger people. You know, before it was 60 and up that were getting affected and now it's all over the map and really uh, under 30, more than 50%, you know, that right. it's a real eye opener there, the, the difference there. But in Vinton County now, we'll get over to them. In Vinton County, uh, hospitalizations and cases decreased very slightly from week to week. There is their latest uh, numbers from the Vinton County Health Department. 65 active cases. They've had a total of 1,269 confirmed cases in a county of 13,000. So, you know, you're looking at roughly the same percentage, maybe a little lower than Jackson County as far as percent of population, but 315 probable cases. Uh, they they always give the figure of recovered. That's a stat that Jackson County doesn't give. 1,491 people have recovered. So I mean, it is also true if you're looking uh, for the for the uh, on the half glass thing, the the positive side. Most people obviously do recover yep. from having COVID-19, and those stats do bear that out. But 65 active cases. There are eight related hospitalizations, but there were two new virus-related deaths. That was one more than the previous week, and of course, one more than what we had in Jackson County. Vinton County went from 68 active cases two weeks ago to 65 active cases this past week, and hospitalizations uh, went from from eight, to, rather from 10 to eight, and only the deaths went up from one to two. So overall, the picture improving in Vinton County. And their cases, of course, go back all the way to April 25th, 2020, when they had two cases, and we remember they were the last county in the state to they report were, a yes. COVID-19 case. All right, uh, speaking of COVID-19 and what you can do about it, vaccination opportunity, a big one, this Saturday at the Christ United Methodist Church. We told big you about one, that. We're yes. going to remind you again, 9 a.m. to noon, it'll be there at the Family Life Center. That's 155 Portsmouth Street. Uh, they will be offering, in addition to... You know, the COVID shots, we're talking Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson first round, or the, the uh, Pfizer booster shot, which is the third shot, which uh, is not available to everybody right now, at least by the book. Uh, this is for people 65 and over and people 
we'll just throw a blanket over it uh, with uh, uh, underlying health conditions that make them more vulnerable to uh, getting COVID-19 or uh, effects that they may have, adverse effects they may have if they do come down with it. So uh, in addition to the COVID-19 vaccines, the range of vaccines that you can get, they're also doing flu shots and pneumonia shots. Uh, so you can a, get the whole gamut, right, man. And I want to emphasize, this is a walk-in clinic. You do not have to have an appointment. You don't have to have any doctor's, uh, doctor's permission or anything. All available vaccines will be available on a walk-in basis. Uh, you should bring your health insurance card, your Medicare card, or your Medicaid card, uh, you know, if you're covered. Because, you know, they, uh, the health department will get reimbursed if you have this coverage, but you're never going to be denied the opportunity to get a shot. You'll never be charged anything out of pocket. So if that is a deterrent, a concern, uh, the cost, don't let that keep you from getting a vaccine. And if you want more information, you know, the health department keeps a pretty good website and Facebook. You can also call their number. They will get back to you if they uh, don't answer the phone immediately because they're still taking a lot of calls. That is 740-286-5094. I'll give you some stats that aren't so good, Jennifer. Uh, there is a group called the Wallet Hub Study that they do national surveys on about everything, comparing <laughs> states and so forth. Well, they rate Ohio uh, in the last 20% as far as its status on COVID-19 right now. Like uh, last 20% not being good? Right, exactly. Oh. They're saying overall uh, that we're in, in the 40 to 50 state category, uh, with one being the best and 50 being the worst. Here's what they say about the state of Ohio. It's always interesting. So, you know, you think you're doing good, you think you're doing bad, but you compare and then you kind of know, at least yeah. from a relative standpoint, Ohio has the 40, is, is only 42nd in vaccination rate. Uh, they are 43rd in positive testing rates. So you know, you're not doing a lot of testing compared to other states. 44th in hospitalization. That means, I'm sure, percent of residents who are hospitalized. The death rate, 41st out of 50. And the transmission rate, meaning the spread, is number 35. May I back off just a yeah, little bit? Yeah, man. All right. So, you know, just I thought those were interesting. I saw those on, 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 that uh, is interesting. on, my, on my email inbox. All right, now we get locally with some other news. A very good man, uh, and I'll say that because I know him, Jackson Police Chief Alan Potter. Yes. Been with the department for over 25 years. He is going to retire as the Jackson Police Chief. And uh, this was uh, uh, this was kind of in the works uh, for several weeks, and I'm sure Alan has been working on it towards this for some time. But it was announced publicly at Monday night's Jackson City Council meeting. Okay. And if you're, you know, you're watching there on Facebook, uh, you're looking there on your monitor, your computer, whatever, your phone, uh, you're seeing a picture that I took there at that meeting. That is Alan Potter, of course, in uniform. He's getting congratulated by Jackson Mayor Randy Evans. And he brought his family with him. He is a family man. Uh, from left to right, that's his son, Sullivan, his uh, daughter, Grace, and his wife, Charity. They're all wonderful people. Sullivan is a senior at Wellston High School, very high achieving kid. Grace Potter was a uh, valedictorian, uh, or a, they don't call it that at Wellston, but top academic ranking student. Uh, she's now uh, in college and doing very well there Good. as well. And Charity, by the way, is a teacher at Wellston Intermediate School, I believe. Uh, but Alan uh, went to, he's got connections with all three towns. He graduated from Oak Hill High School in 1992. Mm -hmm. I think he was an outstanding student athlete, a great quarterback. I know that. 
but he has been at the Jackson Police Department for over 25 years. Long time. And it's a long time, but he is going to retire. Uh, he says he doesn't have any definite retirement plans. I, I'm believing that he'll probably be doing something, but he's going to chill a little bit. Good. To, uh, you know, be more involved with his family. He's had to miss things because of his job. Sullivan, as I said, is a senior at Wellston High School, so this will give him a chance to get in on some of Sullivan's activities. And also uh, his wife, Charity, who uh, uh, I know she, that she has worked in, in the past, at least with the plays and the musicals at Wellston. Not sure whether those are going to happen this year because of you know what, but... We will see. But Alan Potter uh, worked with him uh, when he was a patrolman almost from the time since he came in. Won't find a better straight arrow, honest man mm -hmm. than Alan Potter. And of course, he came the he became the police chief in December 2018. And this is regrettable. About the time he got in there, that is when you know all the cuts had to occur because yes. of money. And even with the income tax money and their uh, being able to restore some of those positions, it's still not the size force that it once was. And because it is, you know, the market right now isn't very good for police officers. Plus you have a civil service pro uh, process that's prolonged. Right, right now they're three short of what they're allowed to have. Oh, and man. what they're allowed to have with the budget, that you know, the, the budget plan they've come up with, it's still much less than what they had at one time. So uh, we wish Alan Potter the best. His last day, I believe, is October 20th. And he will be replaced at least temporarily by another familiar face, Sergeant Brett Hinch. That's right. I mean, I, I, that man breathes, uh, lives and breathes uh, law enforcement. He does, yeah, There's yes. lots of things that man could do because he's very smart, but he has always wanted to be a law enforcement officer. His whole career has been with the Jackson Police Department. He's rose through the ranks. Uh, it wasn't that long ago that he was a patrolman, then recently sergeant. He's one of the senior sergeants now and he has been given uh, the reins temporarily. Now they'll have to do a civil service thing for that. They'll do a test and all like that. Correct. And I know that uh, Sergeant Hinch told me he would, he is going to be among the candidates for, to be the permanent police okay. chief. So we'll see what happens there. So that was big news out of the Jackson Police Department. Okay, in Wellston, we have a new second ward councilwoman and that would be uh, Maddie Vance. Maddie okay. Vance was, uh, there she is, oh, there you there see her is. on TV. She's right in the middle, flanked by the two leading men and the administrators of Wellston. That's Mayor Charlie Hessen on the right, Service Director Anthony Brenner on the left. And Maddie, that's what she likes to go by, uh, is actually from a little town called Pleasant Hill near Dayton. And how she ended up over here? Well, she studied chemical engineering and biology over at Ohio University, okay. and she was hired by General Mills, I think right out of college. So she moves to Wellston, and you know what? She's just not uh, staying at home, doing her job, uh, running off to Columbus or wherever to have fun. She has become invested in the community. You know, sometimes you don't have that if you don't have the hometown roots. You don't know anybody. You don't want to get involved. Well, she played soccer uh, in high school. I don't know whether she played soccer in college, but she played soccer in high school from the time she told me she was three years old. Well, she met Anthony Brenner, who is the varsity soccer coach, as well as being the service director in Wellston. So okay. she got to help him. And I think that might've been the connection oh. to where she became aware of city government. But she told me that she was not recruited for the second board council position. She sought it. How it came open, uh, Wayne Cosper, who was appointed earlier this year, to fill that vacancy, uh, at least through the end of the term of the person who had it before, he ha has moved from town, and so that position became open again. And the only person who sought it was 
Maddie Vance. Okay. And Maddie was officially appointed Tuesday evening uh, by the Jackson uh, County, uh, by the Wellston City Caucus of the Jackson County Republican Central Committee, unanimously because she was the only candidate. <laughs> and uh, let me tell you something, let me tell you how far we've come on this, uh, on uh, on uh, breaking through the glass ceiling, as Hillary Clinton would say. That's right. All right. When the new year rolls around and Maddie Vance takes office, Angela Spangler, who has already been elected the first ward councilman, she will take office. At-large councilman Teresa Pond Lamaster is one of three candidates there's, uh, for three at-large spots. She's going to be elected. The majority of Wellston City Council will be women. Whoa! Four, four of seven of them will be women. All right. Wow. And moreover, either three or four of them, uh, can't remember what Charlie told me, Mayor Charlie, three or four of them have graduate degrees. So we got a lot of smart women. That's right. That are going to help lead the city of Wellston. I can remember uh, back here in Jackson uh, when I was covering Jackson just as a pup. Uh, it was thought a big deal when Dana Slavens became the first councilwoman uh, in the city of Jackson. Yes. Not sure when that happened in Wellston. I know Connie Pelletier was the first female mayor. Yep. Not had a female mayor in Jackson that I can remember. But anyway. Um, so a lot of evolution there happening in, in Wellston. And congratulations to Maddie. I told her that myself because she's only 25 years old, I think, and she just wants to get involved. She says, I want where I live to be a good place, and I want to help it to be a good place. Good. And she's a, vol go, girl. She's a volunteer with Make Wellston Beautiful and, and so forth. So congratulations to Maddie Vance. Okay, we're going to get into oh, some no. hardcore law enforcement now. A lot of people know this story. Sit back, <laughs> go get yourself some coffee <laughs> and some Pop-Tarts or something. It's right. going to be a minute. <laughs> right, right. Well, I can't tell you everything that Philip Buffington dug out when he went to the police department to get the reports, but a lot of people were aware of this because of Facebook and social media. It all started with one Facebook post. Crazy story. <laughs> where a... Uh, a man was seen uh, trying to break into a car and a house uh, on uh, Broadway Street. Mm -hmm. And the homeowner, I'm not going to mention the homeowner, but the homeowner put it on Facebook kind of as a warning to everybody. And it ends up that this same man uh, also tried to break into and did break into a house nearby that same residence on East South Street, mm -hmm. uh, almost right across from Job and Family Services, which is very close to the home where the home surveillance did the Facebook post. Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, uh, the new homeowner there, because that home had changed hands, mm -hmm. came uh, to the residence, and this is in the middle of the night. Or no, this like is on a, closing day, no, like, woo, I closed right, my house, right, yay! Said, yeah, so she's coming to check out the house, take a picture for some reason, <laughs> and she hears noise inside. She sees that things have been moved outside on the porch, and yeah, somebody is in there. We won't charge you extra for him. Right, the police come and they arrest the subject. His name is Philip Moody, and there oh he is. Boy. And it ends, and he is now in custody, but it ends up that Philip Moody uh, is accused of, at least, uh, breaking in or trying to break into multiple other houses mm -hmm. in the last three weeks or so in the city of Jackson. It's funny how all of that just like starts to like all the pieces just start to like the puzzle just falls together in this one. Right. He had actually been uh, accosted uh, by one other homeowner, not not the resident, but the person who owned the property. Uh, that was also on South Street, just a couple blocks away from this other house. Uh, 
And that person ended up, the homeowner ended up charging him with criminal trespassing because he didn't actually break in, but it looked like that that may be the intent. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you don't usually get jailed for criminal trespassing. And with our jail space situation, you're not going to get jailed for that either, probably. But anyway, the the point is that he uh, he has been accused of hitting several different. He got around. Let's put it that way. Right. And this is underneath is another big social issue. He is considered to be homeless. Yes. All right. So he's also looking for a place to stay, probably. Correct. And, and you know, and obviously the police say that uh, drugs are involved as well as far as a drug abuse is concerned by right. the subject. So uh, that was a big thing there in Jackson. <sighs> Everybody saw it. It kind of, um, it kind of, even if you weren't involved, and there were quite a few people involved or their neighbors were involved, it kind of uh, turned the light on that, you know, that this can happen in a small town. You know, if you're sheltered and you think that it can't, you know, oh, you hear a absolutely. noise out, so you hear a noise outside. And, and this is someone who, who, at least on the face of it, from the picture that was painted by the news story, which we, by the way, had on the front page of Wednesday's paper. It's also online. You can go and, and, and read it and get all the details. Uh, this was a person, you know, who was looking to uh, maybe steal just to be able to continue surviving, not making a case that that's okay. But no violence that we know, but still but some, multiple crimes yeah. as far as uh, prop- crimes against property and also a yeah, drug use involved. And it just went on and on and on through many, many people started being like, oh, wait, that happened to me the day before or mm-hmm. whatever. It just started um, unfolding. I will say the moral of your story is, and if you watched the Facebook video, um, after peering into the car, what was the first thing that he did? I don't know. What did he do? On the video that was posted. He looked under the... Mat. Looked under right, the mat for right. a key. Yes. Do not leave a key under your welcome mat or anywhere around... Well, or, or any of the typical places you may look if you're... Because if you think it's not going to happen to you, if that homeowner had had a key under their mat... You need he that. would have been in their house. No, you, no, that's right. They that they were looking for was, sure. He was looking for a key, and obviously, this is something that uh, that you know, if you had to get in, and there wasn't any criminal intent, or and that what anybody would do. Oh, um, did anyone leave a key around? Because some people do that as an emergency thing if they lose their other key or whatever, mm-hmm. or they have a neighbor looking after a cat or something like that. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, not a safe thing to do, no. and and that you know segues into the fact what police always say this, and we're coming from the Christmas shopping season. Lock your car, whether it's at home or in some store parking lot. Lock your car. Yep. Don't have valuables showing because even if you lock your car, they will break the window sometimes. Correct. But if like, you like even for loose change in your cup holder. But if I you mean, but if you go on the if you go on the uh, theory that I don't want my car window broken, so I'm not going to lock my car. You're, you, you are inviting a theft because that is still an easier target than if your car is locked. Correct. So stick your 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 Christmas gifts and your valuables out of sight or in the trunk at the very least. Correct. Trunk's a real good place for stuff. Right, and you, know, you can't see through them unless you're Superman. Yes. All right. <laughs> okay. All right, we won't get into Superman, will we? No. No, not... not we That's James's, James's <laughs> department. Okay. Talk about all that stuff. All right. Okay. You know, we talked about, uh, remember, Ann Ward had uh, uh, Facebooked us and let us know that they made an arrest uh, in the threat made against Benton County High School. Yes. And that led me to check out if that was true. And it was. 
Prosecutor, Thank you, Ann. Yes, Prosecutor Jim Payne actually made a post late on Friday about this. And that's the same day that, you know, the school was closed because yes. of the threat. And we will, uh, once again, this story was on the front page of our paper and is posted so you can get all the details. But I'll touch on I'll touch on the main points. The man arrested was 56-year-old Michael C. Murphy of MacArthur. And he was actually, uh, the charge was actually filed against him on Friday morning, just the day after supposedly that threat was made. But he is charged with a felony level offense of inducing panic. And uh, what they did was, and this, this is from Prosecutor Payne, on Thursday, October 7th, a week, uh, a week ago, an individual reported, and of course it, they believe it turned out to be Michael C. Murphy, that a crime was going to be committed by several people at Benton County High School. Because of that, you know, the schools were closed until they could figure out what was going on or what, if there was any validity to that threat. Well, it turns out that uh, uh, allegedly Michael C. Murphy has made other threats like this, and they were aware of that. Okay. Um, and they turned out to be baseless. They all turned out to be baseless. Or maybe it was a report that somebody's going to do something, not him, but somebody's going to do something. Okay. You know, which is the next worst thing because it's still a threat. Yeah. And so um, they, uh, because of these other incidents, as they were already cued into Michael C. Murphy, and as a result of evidence and investigation, whatever that turned up, an arrest was made of Michael C. Murphy on that Friday. Okay. And because an arrest was made and they knew where the threat came and they felt that it was baseless as far as there being any real threat, they were able to have the homecoming football game and the homecoming dance and all those activities okay. that Friday evening. All right. Uh, in the city of Wellston, uh, you know, there's lots of there's grant programs and there's lots of federal money that is flowing into different grant programs. And also, of course, you have the CARES Act money from last year and the American Rescue Act money from this year. And that is, you know, your coronavirus-related relief programs. Mm -hmm. Government is, uh, is benefiting from that. And in the city of Wellston, one big project that they hope to fund is to replace the 750,000-gallon water tank that is on Kansas Avenue. Uh, this is a very big part of their water uh, distribution program. And uh, they also want to replace water lines that run on State Route 93 and 327. And this is something that Mayor Charlie Hudson is doing in Wilson. Mayor Randy Evans is also addressing in Jackson, and that is infrastructure. And it's infrastructure a lot of times that you can't see. Mm -hmm. It's buried. It's the lines. Uh, in this case, you know, we're talking about a water tank. But it's things that have to be addressed or, you know, vital services, water, sewer, et cetera. You know, they may not be there. And in Wellston, you know, they have had a lot of trouble with uh, water breaks, water line breaks and so forth. And so he is trying to address all this by getting grant funding. The city had applied for close to $5.3 million in grant funding through the CARES Act last year. Uh, it was rejected. However, uh, they are trying again. And Moyer Hudson is more optimistic that grant money will be available this year from the Federal Economic Development Association. He's done enough homework and inquiries to believe that they've got a chance to get uh, a lot of money uh, to uh, take care of the water tank and some of these water lines. So that's one of the things that's happening in Wellston. Mayor Hudson always does a very good job reporting on this so people know what is going on. At the last Jackson City Council meeting, and I'll be telling you more about that and writing about that as well, uh, Mayor Evans is going down a laundry list of infrastructure projects he would like to do too, pending funding. Obviously, 
Uh, you know, the city does have but some extra money always falls right, into right. Place. The city does have some extra income tax money, but of course, you know, they're routing that towards you know paving mm -hmm. and some other more vital things. But there's so many things that need to be done that they're looking ahead and they need other sources of money too, whether it's grants or low interest loans, etc. So these things are very important, and our uh, government leaders, in my opinion, are being proactive trying to do something about it. Oak Hill, of course, received a $750,000 neighborhood revitalization grant that will take care of a number of needs in Oak Hill. We'll talk about that later, too. Okay. All right. Remember, early voting is going on now. That's right. Uh, at the Jackson County Board of Elections, at the Vinton County Board of Elections, all boards of elections in the state of Ohio. Uh, the uh, the uh, offices will be open 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Uh, each day uh, through uh, Friday, October 22nd. So that is... Uh, through this week and then next week. And then the final week, they'll be extended even more to about 7 p.m., I think. And then the weekend right before the election, you can even do early voting there too. Remember, early voting does include absentee voting. You can request okay. you can request uh, an absentee ballot sent to you. You can pick one up. You can fill it back in. You can do it online. So many ways to vote early if you want to. We're going to be talking more, Jennifer, about the specifics of what's uh, at stake in our local elections here uh, next week mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, we'll be we're going down the last two weeks before the election, last three weeks before the election, and uh, a lot of it is local stuff, school board, uh, township trustee, uh, village council, city council, some tax issues. We'll be talking about some of the more important ones there, uh, moving towards, uh, you know, the coverage that we will have in the newspaper. Maybe some of it will even start this Saturday. But then also, you know, I know we'll want to be on the radio and TV, we hope, mm -hmm. for uh, election coverage on the night of Tuesday, November the 2nd. Yep. All right. Uh, we want to congratulate Ryan Pelletier over at Wellston. Ryan Pelletier um, has there he is. received uh, the what is called the prestigious. It's not called the prestigious, but it is prestigious. It's the Outstanding Eagle Scout Medal. Now, everybody, being an Eagle Scout is pretty good. You know that. But not everybody gets the Outstanding Eagle Scout Medal, is my understanding. You know, okay. It's oh. kind of like another level. These are the three men in the history of Jackson County who have received an Outstanding Eagle Scout Medal. And you may recognize them from the left, if you're looking there at our yeah. picture on the screen. That's County Commissioner Paul Haller. That is Ryan Pelletier, who's wearing his newly uh, presented medal. And that is Tim Forshee on the right. Yeah. And this was done, uh, some Boy Scout executives, three of them, by the way, came down from Columbus, a big deal, at a recent Wellston Rotary Club meeting. That of course, is Ryan huge. is from Wellston. He is the fire chief in Wellston. He's also the code enforcement officer. He has stayed active in Boy Scouts. I know that he took some scouts to, to Boy Scout camp this past summer. And uh, he says that uh, he said that there, there's two things he learned uh, from scouts. You know, one of them to, is to give back to the community. But he has also said that uh, it has taught him to never give up because, you know, uh, you always wanted to get that next medal that mm -hmm. you're supposed to get or that next badge uh, on your way to becoming an Eagle Scout. And he was uh, he was uh, determined to get it. And it also taught him to be a leader because he saw how he had to be led to be able to be a successful Boy Scout. So um, it's more than just tying knots, you know. Something like Boy that. Scout. Yeah, I think I made it three levels up in Cub Scout, and then I had to tie a knot, and I had trouble, so, you know, I stopped. You should not tell I, your, on yourself like I know. That. I saw that We Below's handbook. I thought, God, I don't want to do this. 
So I just, I just, I just, I, just, I just shouldn't have done. I, I did give up. So I'm sorry about that. But that's why I respect Ryan. Yeah, you. I know. I made it. I think one year in brownies, we had to go camping, and I was like, uh, uh-uh. uh. Nope. No, <laughs> uh-uh. There's like bugs you, and like dirt on, and you, no thank you. You jumped on your horse and rode away, That's pretty you? much. Okay. I'm like, if I'm going to get dirty, it's going to be at the barn. <laughs> All right. Okay. This is the weekend for the Foothills Art Festival. It is. Yay. And remember, they've done this 39 years, but this is the first year they're doing it at the Parts Edge Event Center. Yes. And that is some of the volunteers working earlier this week getting ready. That's Randy Clausen, Bob Eisenhower, and Paul Brown. They have always been uh, big volunteers and leaders for the Southern Hills Arts Council. And I know that the venue will be great. I thought it always worked out very well at Canter's Cave, but you know what? That Parks Edge Event Center, the adjective that comes to mind every time I think of an event there is spacious. It is just so large. It is. And uh, great venue. For so it. you know, I can't wait to see how uh, it's it's uh, come uh, it's coming to fruition out yes. there. And of course, it's in town, more convenient for the people in town. Not the Canner's Cave is a hike or anything, but uh, six hundred one East Main Street. If you've never been there before, that's where it's in the same building where Stockroom six hundred one mm-hmm. is, uh, almost right across the McDonald's there. And uh, it's free, uh, but it's on yeah. Friday night. It's on Friday night. No, it's all day Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday. There's a yes. preview reception tonight that's a kind of a private thing, unless you know you're an artist or a sponsor or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just don't walk into that. But uh, it's free on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, the hours are uh, 10 to 5 mm-hmm. uh, on, uh, let's see, let me make sure I'm right on that. It's a uh, 10 to... 10 to 7 on Friday and Saturday, and then 10 to 5 on Sunday. On Sunday, yeah. And so it's free to see all that art. I think they have 200 pieces or more this year. So that's a lot considered COVID-19 because, you know, a lot of people, well, I'm not sure I want to do that because, once right. again, it's an elective thing. You don't have to enter art, and you don't have to go see art. Correct. But, uh, you know, I know they'll have it spaced out the best that they can. Remember, they have a lot of space there. Yes, so, yes, they do. It's going to be cool. Uh, they judge it. It's an adjudicated thing, and so that adds a, another layer of interest to it. We will have uh, the results of it in our Saturday paper. We'll list all the winners and we'll announce some of them on the radio uh, tomorrow. We may even That's send you exciting. a list and you can maybe Heck talk yeah. about some of them tomorrow too. I know that that list will be made available later today. Love that. And you have the opportunity to purchase some of the art as well. You do. That's one of the advantages of being a sponsor or or being a participant in mm-hmm. what they call the preview reception tonight. Yep. And, uh, and then I think they have some kind of random draw and then that determines, you know, your order to have the chance to purchase art. Because, Correct. you know, if 10 people want the same piece, you know, they're not going to let a fight break out. I don't think it ever has happened. Ooh, it? it could be like real life Squid Game, right? So that's another thing. You can a lot of this art is for sale. Maybe not all, but a lot of a lot of it is for sale. Right. So you not only have artists and art appreciators, you have art buyers there as that's well. Right. James James has a couple of pieces in it, don't you, James? I do. I have three pieces in the show, so you can come out and see those. Yay! So come and support our own James. That's right. It's, yeah. It, yeah, and you know you have a lot of people but uh, that are local, but you have more than that. You have it's really truly a regional event. You know, folks from West Virginia, Kentucky, a lot of people from up towards Columbus, Chillicothe, etc. Uh, that's been at least the It's, it's the, a big deal. It, it is. It is and you know, it's just it's just like uh, going to a Marquet exhibit times 100. So all right. Got also it. tonight, another big event that's good for the community is the Hope Haven Fall Festival. Ooh. That is tonight. 
and they want to do it outside. And I'm guessing it's, uh, I don't know, what's the weather look like? Yesterday, the weather looked good, but it's cloudy. Oh, when it's, I... it's going to be lovely. Okay, um, good. I mean, the lows are, it's going to be 83 today, lows of 65. So it's going to be great. Okay. Well, 5 to 7 p.m. at uh, outside of Hope Haven School there. That is on Sellers Drive in Jackson. You just off Ralph Street, a little little uh, side street there. Uh, but it sits back there if you've never been there. But uh, it's 5 to 7. And one of the big, uh, of course, it is a... Uh, they have vendors there. They'll have some food service. But the big attraction is uh, a live auction where they have some beautiful baskets. Thanks oh. to the support of the community uh, who have made donations. And then other good people step up and buy those baskets. And it all goes to help the Hope Haven students and different projects and activities at the school. So good That's luck to so good. Hope Haven Superintendent Nick Elliott and all the That's people a big that one. support the school. All right. Also, tomorrow and Saturday, the Lions Club are going to be selling their veals. Yes. Uh, now, this is the next best thing to them being outside during the Apple Festival. That's right. And it's going to be at a familiar place where the farmer sportsmen sell their fish and all their other sandwiches yep. and goodies. Uh, the Lions are going to be selling their veals. That'll be the main product. Uh, it's going to be this Friday, October 15th, and Saturday, October 16th. Uh, the uh, times will be uh, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. both days. Uh, the sandwiches will only cost five dollars. They'll all have soda and water available for only a dollar. They'll have condiments as well. They're going to be used at Farmer Sportsman booth. If you haven't been there, you can't miss it. It's on Veterans Drive. If you're in town on Correct. Harding Avenue and you turn right there on Veterans Drive, it'll be right there on the left, not too long after you turn. So uh, once again, good luck to the Lions Club. This is a big fundraiser for them. Uh, their big fundraiser was the Apple Festival, and they just did not have the manpower to do it this year. Plus, you know, the COVID-19 concerns. So this this is a, a biggie for them. If you like veals and you like the Lions, uh, try, yeah. to, try to support them this weekend. And the Farmer Sportsman's been so kind to let um, folks use or utilize their facility, and that's really cool. Yes, it is. That's very kind of them. Right. Also, uh, Jennifer... Uh, Later on, I'm trying to get my uh, trying to get my notes here. Getting so, his notes together. Right. Okay. Well, I don't see it, but I'm going to tell you. I know this much that the Rotary Club is going to be selling mushrooms. Uh, that will be their. Yeah, that, you've got I it right there. It. Okay. Well, good. You can pin down the date for me. Um, they're going to. You were supposed to pre-order by uh, yesterday, I think, or Tuesday, October the 12th. Where did it go? But I think that some of the things are probably walk-up. But they did need to kind of know how many mushrooms to order. That Correct. was the big thing. Because that is that was just like the, the Lions Club were famous for their veals and then their fish. Well, the Rotary Club couldn't do their Apple Festival project. And mushrooms are, are big for them. Mushrooms so Amanda, and pizza Our own rolls. Amanda Crabtree, who's president of the Rotary Club, she wants you to come out and make up for the fact that they couldn't do the Apple Festival project. Same reason the Lions couldn't. That's Manpower, right. COVID, et cetera. But they will be in the Farmer Sportsman booth as well. Uh, Actually, I think that's it, at the Family Life Center. Oh, is it at the Family yeah. Life Center? Okay. All right. Well, when is that, James? Uh, it's Tuesday. Tuesday. I, I'm bringing up the flyer. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's at the, it's, um, yeah, because they have done stuff at the Farmer they, Sportsman. They have before. But this one's at the Christ United Methodist Church Family Life Center. Yeah, so, so it's Tuesday, October 19th from 11 to 6 at the Christ United Methodist Church. At uh, 150 Portsmouth Street in Jackson, right beside the police station. Yeah, and again, they did ask for those orders to be in by the 12th, so you have missed that deadline. But I, 
I don't think they're going to turn you away. I'm guessing you'd be okay. I'm I'm guessing. I'm guessing, and maybe I shouldn't. I think the big thing is the mushrooms. Yes. Because they are costly. You don't want to have more than you're going to have. Because they hand bread those. Right, right. And I'm sure they're going to have a little bit of wiggle room in there, but you don't want to be stuck with a bunch of mushrooms at the end that you're not selling. But uh, the good thing about being inside, of course, that's a nice facility, the Family Life Center. They don't have to worry about the weather. No. And they'll even bring it it out to your car if you want. Right, exactly. Yep. That that is the other thing is they're not going to have any dine-in space. It's not dine-in. It's just like you can come in and pick pick it up or um, if you want, just stay in your car and they'll bring it out to you. Exactly. All right. lots of good stuff going on. Okay. All right. Uh, Speaking of the Marquet, we're going to come back to a couple of things there. Uh, At the Marquet... Uh, the Bob Eisenhower exhibit, we talked about that. Yes. This will be the first chance to walk in when it's open this weekend. Yay. It'll be Friday through, uh, uh, I'm sorry, fr- uh, see, no, I'm sorry. It's Wednesday through Friday. So you have uh, today and tomorrow. It's mm-hmm. 12 to 5 p.m. It isn't open on the weekends anymore. Uh, I'm so used to saying that. But it is open 12 to 5, Wednesday through Friday. And it, that exhibit, which uh, 74 pieces, you know, we talked That's about it, bragged about it earlier in the week. It is definitely worth seeing. It is a top-of-the-line exhibit. I believe I'm allowed to say that because it is. Uh, but you want to see that uh, all the way through October 28th, I believe, before the next exhibit uh, starts. You know, and that's that's great. And, again, if you're coming to the Foothills Arts Festival, it's a great time. Stop in the Marquet as well. Um, so you just can have art till the cows come home. Right. Oh, there's your flyer. Yeah, here's my rotary <laughs> mushroom thing. It is at the Family Life Center, like yes. James said. It is 11 to 6. They'll have deep fried mushrooms, baked steak sandwiches, deep fried pizza rolls, and pop. And so, you know, if you yep. didn't do your pre-order, you know, that doesn't mean absolutely that you can't get anything. You maybe can stop by a little bit. Oh, you can. But, but be yeah. advised that you were supposed to pre-order. Yeah. All right. And, of course, you know, all those... Uh, all the all the all the good things that Rotary does, including scholarships for uh, some high school uh, seniors. That's right. Uh, Huge. That allows them to do that, and it would not happen if they didn't have this money coming in. So remember right. that as well. Plus, you get pizza rolls and mushrooms. Right. Exa- exactly. And baked steak sandwiches. And there isn't anything quite like the the Rotary mushrooms on the deep fry. Uh, you make great mushrooms there at at Archinetti's, but you know they're all a little different. They're they all, a, they're little all a little different. And being a longtime Rotarian, I can tell you that that is what people always say they want when they came to our booth. Oh, yes. The deep fried. They like the pizza rolls and the pizza and all like that, but the deep fried mushrooms, probably half of our sales. Yep. All right. Uh, up in MacArthur, we do want to tell you that the project to put new playground equipment in at Wyman Park is coming along. Yay! And part of that Love equipment that. is in, and part of the park is now open, the playground. The park never did close, but the playground section did. Okay. Because they had to take out the old equipment and put in the new. The left side of Wyman Park is open with some nice equipment. The right side, they're still putting in equipment. That part of the park is closed. So do respect, uh, you know, where they have it. The uh, construction taped area. Off. Right. Will, yeah. Stay out of the construction area, but you're welcome to play on the new playground equipment provided that you fit we should go pete we should check it out right we should well you know oh I, look at that do you think we'd fit well there it is you know i don't know I, i'm not sure um it does hmm. look kind of wide going down the slide there but but uh you know at the old kennison playground love I, lo- I love the merry-go-round i love the swings i love the slide even though the slide was old it wasn't very uh you know, slick, you know, we still went up and down in any way. <laughs> the old, like what were, if you think about it, 
What were our elders thinking? There were monkey bars there. There were all kind of stuff that we just literally, there were so many broken arms and things. It was ridiculous. But this stuff's much safer than what we used to play on. No, they do try to make and it safe. And there was a lot of metal. Oh, yes. <laughs> I don't know how I cut my arm off. I don't know. I was just sliding down the slide. Right. And you remember that when <laughs> it you. It was just a little rusty. When it's you fun. did fall, when you did fall, your reward was falling on concrete or asphalt. Correct, on black. Well, now these new playgrounds have this have these soft things. It's you know it's almost like outer space or something. But if you fall, it's probably not going to hurt you, and you're not going to you're not going to get you know uh, you're not going to probably get uh, as much of a skin knee as you would uh, from falling on yeah. that really hard surface before. And do you remember that? Totally off the subject, but do you remember the um, slide at Kennison? It was so tall. Yeah, it was big. It was. It was I mean, it was like were, climbing onto were, the high dive. Was it tall, or were you just smaller then? It was tall. It was way taller than like what what these are. Well, it was intimidating if you were a kindergartner, particularly if you had a second grader behind you tell you, "Get out there, kid! Hurry it up!" Yeah. Yeah, and then you, sure. then you had to worry that you were going to get pushed after you got up there. Those second graders were. Ugh. Oh, I know. They were so mean. Right. Exactly. Bullies. Okay. Then I became a second grader. Maybe <laughs> I did it to a kindergartner. I don't. I, I don't think so. Probably. We try to be nice. Okay. This is a big weekend. Saturday is a red letter day for the Oak Hill. Marching band. The Oak Hill Marching Oaks, uh, they go by the acronym MOB. Here they are posed uh, at Davis Stadium uh, when they uh, took their picture for the program and for the newspaper and all like that. And they are going to the Ohio State University this Saturday to participate in the Buckeye Invitational. That is where the Ohio State Marching Band program invites high school bands. It's by invitation all over the state. And there's going to be a bunch of them there. Oak Hill Band is one of them. They are going to perform in Ohio Stadium at 11.45 a.m. Can you imagine being down on that field? How fun. Right. I mean, I... I what an honor. Right. I, I, you know, if they can keep their focus in play, but that... That would that, be so... That'll like, be so exciting. You know, they're in the limelight. It, there are tickets available. You can get them online. I think it's going to cost a little bit more if you just show up, but obviously 100,000 seats there. I think they'll get you in. I think um, so. But, that uh, is really cool. But that is a great honor. And Bryce Wurntz, uh, their veteran director, I mean, he just tries so hard not only to recruit members of the band and have a quality band, but to take them places. And you know what? That is not all. Better yet than the Buckeye Invitational on October the 30th, they are going to be one of the visiting high school bands. And they're not very many. I know Jackson has done this before. And based on that, they are going to be one of the few bands who will play at a skull session. And it will be the skull session when Ohio State plays Penn State. So you're talking about Whoa. a huge game. Yeah. We don't know what time of day it'll be because they haven't said when the Ohio haven't State Penn State. Yet. But the skull, but the skull session is what amounts to a musical pep rally. Yes, uh, they usually have it at St. John Arena. I think they still do it there, which is close to the mm -hmm. stadium. Uh, they have music. They have the band. They have a uh, high school band or two there. Cheerleaders. Stuff. Coach speaks. Players speak. Uh, I've been there before. It is exciting. It's almost as exciting as being at a game. Yes. Right. And so that's going to be on October the 30th. Wow. We'll be telling you more about that. But congratulations to Bryce Wurtz and his band. And good luck this Saturday. That is so cool. We've got a link in the comments to this video of uh, one of Oak Hill's halftime shows from this year, Marching oh. Band. So if you guys want to check out the Oaks, that link is in the comments to this video. There right. you go. Thanks, James. Right. And for the size school that Oak Hill has, they have one of the largest marching bands around. Uh, you know, I know that they were aiming for 100 last year. They didn't quite make it. I don't know what it is this year.
but uh, it is a large high school band for it is, this high and they're school. They're very good. Absolutely. All right. Uh, some other events that are coming up this weekend. The Vinton County Junior Fair is going to have an Oktoberfest vendor and craft fair. It's going to be oh. this Sunday, October 17th. Sounds the fun. vendor fairs are very popular. The vendors, yeah. of course, gives them a chance to sell their stuff and it gives, uh, you know, local people or even people from the area a chance to get some handcrafted things that are a little different. Maybe get a really good price and some things that are a little different than you might get at the store. Uh, that's going to be from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. It'll be at the Vinton County Fairgrounds. Uh, I know the fair board is, always looks for ways to get you to the fairgrounds uh, than just the fair. Same mm -hmm. thing in Jackson County. There'll be a 50-50 raffle, door prizes, food and drinks, kids games. It'll all begin at noon. They'll also have photo sessions there uh, as well. All right. Uh, we are a week away now from the Jackson Area Chamber of Commerce's Appreciation Banquet. Mm -hmm. And we'll say more about that next week heading into it. But we do want to remind you uh, that, uh, you know, you can get tickets for that. Yep. Uh, it's going to be Thursday, October 21th at 6.30 p.m. at the Parts Edge Event Center. Social hour at 5.30, a banquet beginning at 6.30. Tickets uh, uh, cost $40, and that includes a great dinner. And I know that uh, Jonda, if Jonda Dunn is going to be doing the cooking. Oh, so then it'll be good. So you know you're in good, you're in, you're, you're in a good place there yep. uh, as far as the dinner. And uh, Tricia Humphreys at the Hubbard Daniels Accounting, you can call there or pop in. You can email her. Uh, you can also obtain tickets online as well. Um, okay. So those are two different ways to get tickets. If you know somebody on the chamber board, they can either probably get you a ticket or tell you how to do it. Love that. All right. But the different uh, honorees, the business of the year is Lucio Foods. The entrepreneur of the year is the Treatery. The Community Pride Award is Jaffe. Uh, and the Legacy Award will be Call Auto Sales. Mm -hmm. And the uh, Beautification Awards will go to Hubbard Daniels Accounting. Um, also, the Parks Edge Event Center. And the Benton County National Bank's Jackson County Banking Center. And the Edward Jones location in downtown Jackson. Yep. So this is a great way uh, to uh, appreciate some of the good things that are going on in the community. Yeah. It is always Honor a very, always a very positive evening. They've been doing the appreciation yeah. banquet for years. Didn't get to do it last year because of Arona. But, Arona. But they are back this year, and I know there's lots of tickets available. Do not forget that I told you about this earlier, but this is a neat thing coming up Saturday. We'll hope for good weather. Yep. Tree identification hike at Lake Hathen uh, Nature Preserve. That's really uh, Dave cool. Apsley, a local forester who works at the Extension Office, is going to be the guide, and he will tell you what uh, some of those trees are in beautiful Lake Hathen State Nature Preserve and how to identify them for yourself when you're uh, walking in nature by yourself maybe next time. All right. Of course, Curtis Strickland was here earlier in the week. He was, And yeah. we will have, uh, once again, the Oak Hill Chamber of Commerce will have their pumpkin walk. It will be at Central Memorial Park, and that picture, by the way, I know you didn't show that earlier in the week. That is the best of show from last year. Woo you have to see that live to uh, fully appreciate it, uh, that head and that body. But <gasps> that young man uh, who has won awards before for his pumpkins, he was the one that, uh, that created that. You know, I was talking with our sweet Rayanna last night, who works, of course, at uh, the printing shop. Mm -hmm. zip and does our screen printing and and things and she was saying that the that's um her her kids that 
had won they those al- awards. They, they always enter, and they have won awards yeah. before. And I tell it's you what. Like, what a creative family. Well, I tell you what. It takes a lot of work doing uh, that pumpkin decorating. Yes. And I tell you what. They would qualify for an exhibit at the Marquette. No doubt. I mean, it is just amazing what some of the people. They even have a, a division for adults. So, you know. But anyway, this is going to be. Uh, this Saturday, if you're uh, if you're a participant, and you know all you have to do is bring a pumpkin. You don't have to register ahead of time. You bring it to Central Memorial Park between five and six. The pumpkins will be placed all around the perimeter sidewalk there, uh, and then they will uh, be lit later in the evening at 7:30 p.m. The chamber, uh, great job by the chamber mm-hmm. in Oak Hill. This is a very popular event. They will also have free cider and cookies at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then they will have a, they will be awarding winners in five categories: best carved pumpkin, best painted pumpkin, scariest pumpkin, funniest pumpkin, and best of show pumpkin. And then, as I said, an adult division as well. That's so good. All right, all kinds of events going on at Lake Hope State Park in the fall. They purposely oh. have a lot of events because it's so beautiful. It is gorgeous. I, I'm saying that there. the colors of the fall are probably starting to pop up oh, now. There, just beautiful. Here's the thing they're doing this weekend: they are doing a fall what they're calling a fall hike. It's going to start at 10 a.m. It is a 3.2 mile hike along the edge of Lake Hope, and it's where there should be a lot of fall color, according to the organizers. It will start at the shelter house there at Lake Hope and will end up at the historic Hope Iron Furnace. So, Mm. you know, if you're familiar with Lake Hope, it's right along State Route 278 there. Lots of other activities coming along later in the year, later in the fall at Lake Hope. We'll let you know all about those. Back to the Marquet. There's going to be a big concert on Saturday by Ryan Daniel. I understand he is a country singer. Um, actually, didn't yeah, so it get canceled or been, postponed? Yeah, they actually announced yesterday afternoon that that has been postponed. Oh, my. Now they that, probably didn't tell you. No, I had not heard about that. I had not heard a whole lot about it, so I was trying to pump it. I'm sorry to hear about yeah, that. Yeah, it's they been They were going postponed. to do discounts for veterans and everything. Correct. Because Ryan Daniel had either, either a veteran or has veterans connections, and I'm sure he wanted that to happen. Did they say when they postponed it to, or it's just postponed? Just it had been postponed. Okay, so. So some other date. Was there a reason for that, James? Do you know? No, they didn't. I didn't Nothing see a reason. I just saw that it had been postponed. Right, and Ryan Daniel just looked at my notes. He is a U.S. Air Force veteran, yeah. and I know that there was probably some sponsors that helped make that happen, uh, letting veterans in free. Also, uh, there's a place called the Six Cents Brewing Company oh, that's yeah. going to do a furry friends fundraiser. Uh, and it's going to be not only this Saturday, but no, others. just this Saturday. Oh, just this Saturday. Yeah, just okay. this Saturday. Okay, it's going to be uh, October the 16th, of course. Yes. And it's going to be uh, started at noon, is that right? So, yeah, so what we're going to do, actually around, um, so we're going to have, it's kind of convoluted. How's okay, that? Well, well, I think you know. So, so what we're going to do is, um, you know, before we've always taken the Furry fun- Friends fundraiser. It's been in the spring, which we didn't get to do last year at all because of COVID. Didn't get to do this year in the spring because of, you know, what. Um, so we wanted to just do a day of it and incorporate it into, we've been doing a, what we're calling our fun club every weekend. And we're doing, I think, eight weeks of that. And so um, the fun club is basically you show up at 11 a.m. on Saturdays and we have a route and we have a mile and a half route and a three mile route. So you can do whichever. Um, And basically just people show up. They can walk. They can rollerblade. They can run. They can skip. Gallop. I don't care what they do, but just show up. And there's the little flyer for this weekend. But so we've done some things like... um, 
Two weeks ago, we did um, the donut pairing in conjunction with the treatery, so that was fun. So this weekend, we're doing a, our Furry Friends fundraiser as part of our fun club. So if you come, there will be um, pound dogs, which is a whole other story, Pete, that we really need to get into and don't have time to do it. But um, the pound is, for the first time in a long time, overrun with adoptable dogs. And um, so we're going to have like probably 10 to 12 there and I need volunteers because we want them to go on the walk. Okay. Yeah. I thought that's great. I mean, we want if you were a pound dog, what would you want? A, a, Let me a out of the pound for the day and go on a walk right, just, with people. Oh, no, exactly. And you know that Deb Fowd and their crew do all they can to make those dogs lives Absolutely. Uh, as good as they can be. But you know, to have this opportunity, uh, that's great. It's wonderful yes. that, that what you're doing and what everybody that is helping you is doing. Hopefully. And so we do need volunteers. Please, please, please show up. Uh, we do need volunteers to walk those pound dogs, but they'll be there around the 10 o'clock hour so that if you are looking to adopt, you have perfect opportunity to meet the dogs, mm -hmm. um, hang out with them, see them. And then also we are co collecting for the pound. They need cleaning supplies. So okay. they need bleach and um they need real bleach like not the scented bleach mm -hmm. or not the gel bleach just mm -hmm. like bleach bleach and then uh regular pine saw and then you know what else they need pete they have a ton of big dogs right now at the pound so they were they have requested that folks bring large dog toys okay. that the big dogs can play with that they won't you know destroy and if you bring ten dollars worth of stuff wherever it may be We'll give you a coupon at the brewery for free chips and salsa. Um, and also, you'll get, if you participate in the walk, you get 25% off your drinks mm -hmm. that day on Saturday. And, um, you know, you're just helping out the pound. So if you have any donations you can give, or you can just come walk a dog and make their day. Okay, is it gonna? Is there all the dogs gonna be walked at once, or just as people can do it? Yeah, I mean, I think that so they'll all be there kind of together. So I figure we'll take off. The dogs should be there around ten ish, give or take. Uh, the walk will begin at eleven. At eleven. And okay. of course, some of the dogs can walk further than others. Some may do the three miles. Some may do a mile and a half. Like we'll just play it by ear. Okay. But please, if you would like to volunteer your time, uh, we would greatly appreciate um, you show up and, and walk one of those dogs and make their day. And also, I do want to thank, um, have some friends that are volunteering, but also uh, want to thank Crystal Finch and the Leo's Club because uh, some of those kids are going to come and help out okay, well, that along can, the way. I'll tell you what, if, if they're available, that can be an army. So. They are good, and they are spread out for that day because they're helping the Lions Club and also with the vaccination okay. clinic. So she so graciously um, volunteered a few kids to come and help she us. She does so a great job with the Leos. She does. And, Those and, and are great kids. She can't do them if the kids won't do it, so kudos to them, too. Correct. All right, uh, real quickly, because we moved through our stack here, we're getting close uh, the Jackson County Common Police Court was going to have a trial on Monday. It's been canceled. A lot of people were supposed to serve as jurors or prospective jurors. Okay. They have to have a pool of people, you not do. just 12. Uh, if So if you were uh, on that list and you had been commanded to come to court, you don't have to. They can't mail letters. They can't call everybody. And so that's why we're telling you that. Okay. On Monday. Again, if you're supposed to be a juror on Monday, okay. you don't have to come because there is no trial. 
Okay, we want to salute a young lady from Vinton County named Cameron Zinn. There she is right there. there. She is. Let me tell you, she is a very special athlete. Senior at Vinton County High School, was on that uh, state basketball team last year. Well, her best sport is probably volleyball. And yesterday, yesterday evening, she achieved her 2,500th assist. Whoa! It, or it might have been on Wednesday, but one of these last two days, uh, Red Thompson was there, and that is when she actually got the assist. That is when it happened. We thank Ron Butcher for that photo. Wow. And the other photo Red Thompson took afterwards, she had good reason to smile. 2,500 assists. It's a big deal when you get 1,000. Sure. Them. That's where you set up somebody else to get a kill or a point or whatever. Yeah. And she will be taking her talents to Wheeling University after her high school career is over. Good for so, you. So congratulations to Cameron Zim and her team, by the way, clinched an outright TVC Ohio championship that same night against the uh, against River Valley, winning 25 to 7, 25 to 11, and 25 to 8. So congratulations to Cameron Zinn and to the Lady Vikings. Uh, the Running Scared 5K will be in MacArthur this weekend. It's, that sounds scary. It is Saturday, uh, <laughs> right on the Halloween theme here in October. It starts at 8.30 a.m. It costs $25 to uh, enter. The money goes to the Benton County Cancer Research Group. Also, uh, this weekend is another football weekend, and we want to tell you right up front that the Oak Hill game, they are scheduled to play Portsmouth West at Portsmouth West couple changes that you need to know if you want to go to the game. It's going to be Saturday, not Friday. Oh. And it's not going to be at Portsmouth West, even though the foe is still Portsmouth West. It's going to be at Lucasville Valley High School. The reason is <laughs> construction is going on at Portsmouth West. They can't use their stadium. So gotcha. they, they uh, go to some other nearby high school to play their games. In this case, it has to be on Saturday, maybe because no other stadiums are available. Sure. So it's going to be on Saturday at Valley, which is a little closer to Oak Hill anyway than Portsmouth West. It's going to be 7 p.m., and I want to tell you, the radio will be there. They changed everything, but we're still going to be able to broadcast that game. Cool. On uh, WCJO 97.7 FM, Brian Howell will be there. So that is one of the games uh, this weekend. Switched from Friday to Saturday. Other games, uh, we've got some big ones, Jennifer. Jackson will be at Miami Trace. And this is a showdown game for the championship of the Frontier Athletic Conference. Both teams are undefeated in the conference. There's still another game to go the next week. So can't say for sure that you're going to win the title if you win this game. But you're certainly in the catbird seat if you do win this game. Same deal goes for the Vinton County Vikings. They're going to Nelsonville, York. They have not, uh, they have, uh, not lost in the conference, and neither has Nelsonville, York. And so uh, the winner of that game, Definitely sitting in the catbird seat as well. And then also, uh, Wilson is playing at home against Manx. That's only of our local teams that's at home. Wilson has one TVC Ohio loss. So if they beat Megs and Vinton and County beats Nelsonville York, Vinton County will be in first place, but then Vinton County plays Wellston the next week. So Wellston will have a chance to tie Vinton County. So Wellston is still in the running for at least a slice of the championship cake. So Love all this that. happening this weekend as we head towards the end of the season and the playoffs. Pete, I'm just going to tell you, either we've been hanging out too much or whatever, because I just looked down and I could read two words on, on your paper. Okay, now that you, you, read. Had, so, you had to bring so that I, up. So I got to tell on too, Jen. Uh, I asked Pete for somebody's phone number yesterday, and he wrote it down on a post-it note, and he handed it to me. He's like, 
can you read that? And I said, yeah. He's like, you be sure you tell Jen you can read it. <laughs> I deserve that. Uh, it was only it was only uh, seven numbers, so you know I had a shot, and I took my time. Took five minutes, you know, one number, one numeral at a time. But you anyway. harnessed your inner first grade and and remembered how to do all all of it properly. Right. Well, I will say this. Um, Hand, the, you graded on handwriting in the elementary grades. It tanked my GPA I in elementary, imagine. all right? Uh, I think I had a, a D in there. It really made my parents upset. Hey, listen, as long as you know what you're saying, that's all that matters. And I tell you what, when we switched to cursive, it didn't do a damn thing for me. <laughs> I hear you. I hear all right, you. even the printing isn't very good. Okay, well, all right. No, that's so good. And thank you, Pete, uh, for the morning news update. Hey, let's head on over to the weather because I know a lot of people are wondering. We have a lot of stuff going on this coming weekend. Um, so today, partly cloudy, highs around 83, uh, lows around 65. For tomorrow, that little chance of rain pops into the forecast, uh, but still, again, very moderate temperatures for this time of the year. Uh, 81 degrees tomorrow and lows around 53 with that 50-50 chance of rain. Saturday, oh, darn it, it's not looking all that good, but nothing's going to rain on our parade, right, Pete? And we're, none of us are that sweet and we won't melt. The dogs won't mind. No, the dogs won't mind. In fact, they will probably like some cooler temperatures. Um, they are calling for rain on Saturday, off and on. Um, they're calling for scattered showers and thunderstorms. Um, but highs around 63, lows of 42 on Saturday. And then Sunday looking uh, very, very nice. But we'll keep an eye on that forecast and let you know what's going to happen as uh, tomorrow. All right. Well, very good. All right. Okay. Well, have a great weekend if I don't see you. You too, Pete. And thank you. We All appreciate right. it. Okay. All right. Well, have a great day, everyone. Thank you so much for watching. And we'll be back here tomorrow on Friday. Till then, we'll see you.